So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I just want to give everyone the full transparency in saying that immediately before recording this, Julie and I just got into, I guess you could call it a heated argument with one of our friends over voice note about Timothy and Kylie, because this person, and I'll not mention her name, really feels as though this is a totally fake PR relationship. And Julie and I just went so hard. So we will get to that a little bit later on, because obviously if there's one thing about us, we are going to talk so unbelievably much about the video of them together. However, if you're sensing any residual hostility, it is only because we're coming off of being very amped up from that conversation. (laughs) Not us protecting the identity of one of our closest friends because we slightly disagree with her on her Kylie and Timothy position. No, her position is bullshit. I more than slightly disagree. Yes. Listen, there's layers to this shit. We have to save it. I have actually like a million and one things to say. And I think the fact that we are willing to hold off on the Kylie and Timothy discussion for a little bit, instead of delving right into it and making it half of the episode. I don't know if it's growth, maturity, uh, restraint. I don't know what it is, but like, it's certainly something. It's certainly something. And we will definitely come back to that. Obviously, the first thing we're going to talk about here is the Golden Globes. You know, with us, when it comes to an award show recap, it's never really an award show recap. We're not so much going to talk about the recipients of the awards as much as we are going to do a little red carpet and then a little bit of the most viral moments. So let's go into a little bit of a red carpet. What was your general vibe? If I'm being honest, if I'm being my most honest self in the words of you, (laughs) I was so underwhelmed. Like I was looking at every single look on the carpet and I was like, these are all just dresses. Like I liked Margot Robbie. I really liked Jennifer Lawrence. I actually felt like I was more into the men this year. I was like, yes, give me James Marsden on this carpet all fucking day. I think there were like some very pretty looks, but nothing that blew me away and nothing that like overly stood out to me. Yeah. I think I would categorize this red carpet as kind of overwhelmingly fine. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't terrible. It kind of just was. My number one actually was Elizabeth Olsen in that white kind of corseted Vivian Westwood, because to me, It was the type of thing that was so perfect for the Golden Globes and also could be a perfect wedding dress for getting married in Cabo. Yeah, I I do. I really agree about that, yes. I thought Angela Bassett in that black off-the-shoulder velvet D&G was unbelievable. I thought Timothy, honestly, in the black Celine, Julianne Moore, red strapless Bottega, fucking loved Margot Robbie in the pink Armani. I know some people are a little barbied out. To me, I thought it was perfectly on brand. I like Jennifer Lawrence in the black Dior. Oprah and that custom purple LV. 
Heidi Klum in that strapless red. And honestly, I loved J-Lo in the light pink Nicole and Felicia Couture. I love J-Lo too. And I don't always love her red carpet looks, but I really did like last night. I feel like every time though that I see her on a carpet, no matter what she's wearing, I am so taken aback by how beautiful she is. No, I know. She hits every single time. It doesn't get old. And also her walking down with Chris Appleton accompanying her in the back. It just love when your friends' friends are friends, you know? If I'm Chris Appleton, award show season is like my fucking peak and I'm praying every single day that Kim doesn't date an actor. What do you mean date an actor? She keeps up this American Horror Story thing. He's going to be real conflicted. Oh my God, if I'm Chris Appleton, I'm like going on Twitter with a burner account being like, do not nominate Kim for any awards. Like I felt like she kind of blew. She sucks. Do not hire this woman (laughs) for any future acting projects. Right, like at Ryan Murphy, terrible casting choice. (laughs) Yes. But I wanted to say this, and by the time the episode comes out, these stories will have expired, but Dorothy Wang is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She posted a series of stories basically bringing attention to the fact that J-Lo pretty much always wears a clutch on the red carpet. And she made the distinction between major red carpets and then more minor ones, because she doesn't always do it on minor ones, but Oscars, Grammys, Golden Globes, even the Met Gala, she is always holding a clutch. And she said, you know, it's not because she doesn't have anyone trusted around her to hold her bag. There must be a reason for it. And she was kind of hypothesizing as to why this is the case. She said her sister's theory is that holding a clutch allows you to get more of a natural separation between your arm and your body because you know, you always want to be posed like that, but sometimes without holding something, it can look a little bit weird. There was another one that is just more product placement. There was a theory of potentially coming out with a clutch line, but it was very interesting because I basically saw 25 photos of JLo all together and in every single one, she had a clutch. And it's a little bit of a phenomenon, which now that I said it, or really now that Dorothy Wang said it, you're going to notice it. So something with JLo that I've noticed is like, there's an incredible amount of consistency in terms of just her as a person. And so if I had to guess, I would say that probably very early on in her career, somebody taught her to pose that specific way. And it was like the trick that always worked for her. And she just stuck with it and it never let her wrong. And she never strayed from it as a result of that. I mean, that's heavy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it energy. It's kind of like Jennifer Aniston. 90% of the time, she's going to have the same hair, same glam, same strapless dress, and it works perfectly for her. And she has no reason to change that. I would be the exact same way. And also the clutch thing is smart because posing with your hands really is uncomfortable. It's like one of those things where the second you have to take a picture, the first thought you have is like, what do I ever do with my hands when I'm doing this? (laughs) That's like with anything though. It's like, wait, I've always just had these and somehow known what to do with it. Because all of a sudden when there's a camera, it's like, wait, what? Forget about a camera. Like when you guys get into bed at night, do you guys know what to do with your hands? (laughs) Well, Do you fall asleep holding your phone or do you scroll until you're about to fall asleep and then put it down? I scroll until I'm about to fall asleep and then put it down, but like, not like, oh, I'm feeling tired. Like my eyes are burning and then I put it down, but I, I sleep with it in like the worst possible place. Cause you sleep with it on your net, on your night table, basically next to your head. No, I worse. I sleep with it like under my pillow. You have to not do that. Should I not have told you that? No. I sleep with it like literally next to my head. I'm glad you told me because now that you told me we can change that, but I think that it would be helpful for the longevity of our lives for you to not do that. I, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, my mom used to want me and I never did this, although she's a hundred percent right. And like the people that are the most health and wellness will tell you to do this. It's just not going to happen for me personally. But my mom used to want me to sleep with it in a different room. 
I can't do that because I check it in the middle of the night. Like I will wake up and the first thing I do in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. is check my phone. Yeah, because that's because you wake up to pee. Julie, one thing you guys have to know about Julie, you probably know this by now. There is no night where she is not waking up minimally two times to pee. Yeah, it's just impossible. But I also don't really like sleep through the night well anyway. Like it's just a whole thing. But like my phone is really my security blanket in that in that circumstance. Like the fact that I know that no matter what, I'm going to wake up and my phone is going to be right there is like, oh my God, you can't get more comfort than that. <laughs> Except for <laughs> a warm body would probably do the trick. <laughs> Yeah, wait. In it, okay, oh, by the oh, way, if body don't show up with notifications. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you guys want us to be really honest, in addition to our voice note fight we got into with our friend about the authenticity of Kylie and Timothy, we were also having a deep, probably 10 minute conversation just about the struggles of being single. And I, let me rephrase not the struggles of being single as much as it was a hopeful looking forward to not being single. <laughs> what a fucking rebrand. At no point during that conversation did I feel that it was a hopeful looking forward. Well, I said to you, I'm telling you right now, we are not going into next year in this position. It wasn't an option. We have too much to get into here to really harp on that, but I know I would like to say one thing and then we can move on. Okay. I just want to say one thing. You know, I see a lot of conversation online about you should just be so happy being alone. Here's the thing. I am very happy being alone. I actually fucking love being alone. I would say both of us thrive being alone and it's something that we have done for a little while now. We are just both at this time in our lives where we are consciously excited by partnership. It's something we've had before and it's something we want again and are ready for. And I think that you can both be really happy alone and also desire partnership. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. So in conclusion, any of you guys got a brother? <laughs> I know. You had a brother over six foot. Actually for you, what? Over 5'10", for me over six foot. Yeah. By the way, you think? Imagine that's how we- That's how it that's happens. Oh. <gasps> Never once in our conversation about how it's going to happen did we talk about that being a possibility. I kept saying to you it was going to be a setup. Imagine it was a setup through a podcast listener. I am so deeply down for that to be the story. I can't even tell you. Well, this is us formally opening up our DMs. Anyone who has a brother, a cousin, a friend, realistically, the ages of what, 27 and 38? Yeah. Probably 35 for me. I said to you though, when we were in Florida, I think we were actually talking about it. Was it us? Yeah. And my dad, I said I would go up to like 42 and you thought that was crazy. I didn't think it was crazy at all. I I don't think it's crazy at all. I just don't see myself. But then again, I think that I have an incorrect view of how old I am. And so the idea of 40 seems insane to me, but like it's, it's not. (laughs) Like it's old yeah. for sure, but it's not like as crazy as like I probably have it in my head to be. We'll circle back on this, uh, but just wanted to that throw dark? that out there. The whole thing is fucking dark, but that's okay. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah. finding comfort among the darkness, and I think that that's beautiful. Oh my God. You really have such a way with words. Robert Frost, pack it up. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like there have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things because listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm never going to be a daily bra wearer. It's just not in the cars for me. Never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events and I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just there's sometimes you got to wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the no-show balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which I'm telling you is a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the dropdown menu that follows. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me. And at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I noticed myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. Okay, so back to the Golden Globes. I just want to take a second to mention the topic of conversation surrounding Joe Coy. I would say the overwhelming take is that he didn't do so hot, which I I agree. I don't think it was the worst thing I ever saw, but I, I definitely think it was a little bit rough. And I wasn't watching it in real time, but I was seeing all of the commentary. And then when I went to go watch it, I, of course, was kind of primed for feeling a little bit of secondhand embarrassment. And even being primed, I did feel that way. My thought on it is that I think that hosting is the job that no one wants. I think it's really difficult to be funny 
or consistently funny in those circumstances. I think it's a hard crowd. I think it's a lot of expectation and you're kind of always being set up to fail. However, I just think that even with all of those things aside, it just, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right role for him. I actually want to read something that Michael Che posted. I'm sure most of you are familiar with him, but if not, he's a comedian also on SNL. And he posts, comedians should boycott hosting award shows. For one, it's very difficult to make movie stars laugh. They're way too self-conscious to have a good time. Two, they don't even want to laugh. They're too busy thinking about their careers and their speeches and their quote cause. They think they want to be made fun of, but they actually don't. They actually just want their trophy and a nice photo. Imagine right before game seven of the NBA finals, you had to go in the locker room and make LeBron laugh. Also, Hollywood doesn't respect comedians. If they did, Eddie Murphy and Jim Carrey would have about three Oscars each. And for their comedy movies, not the dramas they had to do so they could be taken seriously. So they expect us to host the Oscars, but they won't even nominate us. Fuck that. Get a magician. I will never host a Hollywood award show, dot, 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 unless I am asked. And he then posted, you know what really bugs me at award shows? Whenever a stand-up host is struggling, they always cut to some actor making this face, which is the rolling eyes. Like, really, dude? You can't just act like that shit was funny? But then when that same fucking actor loses their category, the camera cuts to them and they're smiling and clapping. Oh, so you can fake happiness now. Obviously, that's a take from someone who does this for a living. So he, of course, can put himself in that position. I think both things can be true. Joe Coy happened to do a not great job. And also, it seems to be a highly, highly stressful job that's pretty much impossible to perfect. I thought the point about trying to make LeBron laugh before game seven was a really good one because it's true. Like on some level, everyone there is operating with some nervous energy. <laughs> like now you have to go in and make them laugh when they're already so in their own heads. Like that doesn't sound at all desirable. That hit for me too. Like that was a point that really resonated. And I think there were a lot of things that he said in that post that I I felt like were true. I think it's like Joe Coy aside in terms of like, this is the review every single year. My one thing about the hosting that I'll say is I don't know what like the secret sauce perfect formula is, what we're looking for when we see a host, what we want them to achieve every year. Like, I don't know the answer to that question. The one thing that I do know is that every single Golden Globes, Twitter is filled with pictures of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler with tweets accompanying saying like, this duo, this is what we need. We need this back. These were the glory days. Like, on and on and on about how incredible their hosting gigs were. And so I don't know what the answer is for every single year going forward, but I do feel like the answer is probably Tina Fey and Amy Poehler or some sort of other like incredible comedy duo. I definitely think some sort of comedic duo could potentially be the answer. But I feel like if you're Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, there is something to be said for knowing the way 2013, 2014, and 2015 was all received and knowing the way they're still talked about and recognizing. And in the last eight years, the gig has gotten harder just based on the way the internet is and more sensitivity that needs to be applied. And so like, I could see wanting to just keep that as it is, knowing that there's a potential you aren't received better than you were received then, you know? Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, there's there's a huge piece to me that's like, let's just give it a shot and see what happens. Like we won't know till we know, but I think a duo is probably the answer. I think the ability to feed off of another person while you're up there, because think about it. I always feel like when people are hosting and they do their little skit when they get up, not that every single one of them is funny, but I think that it's, I, I, I think that when you have the ability to play off of another person and you have really good chemistry with that person, those tend to be the things that stand out the most. 
and stand out more than a hosting gig. Like those little moments, like for example, Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell during this, like that to me is a moment that stood out as a comedic moment throughout the course of the show that we didn't have a lot of those moments of. Yes. Also, I just think that if you have the option to host with someone else, wouldn't you always rather do that? Like to have someone up there who's equally as responsible for making it as funny as you are and have the ability to just like bounce things off of a person. And honestly, just the emotional support. Like I cannot imagine a scarier gig. Not only are you having to make the world laugh, but also all of the most famous people in one room when the jokes are about them. That's that's objectively terrifying, no matter who you are. I would never do anything without a friend. <laughs> We love doing shit together. Why are you saying a friend? Okay, like, I would guess, like, yeah, like us, but, like, Isabel, too? Yeah, the, the three of us. There's no, there's no ambiguity there. But back to, back to the Golden Globes. In terms of Joe Coy, he was on Good Morning America, and he said, well, I had fun. You know, it was a moment that I'll always remember. It's a tough room, and it was a hard job. I'm not going to lie. Getting that gig and then having the amount of time that we had to prepare, that was a crash course. Because as he said in his monologue, he got the job less than two weeks before the date. So the whole thing was rushed. And I guess the general consensus is like, and you could tell. Listen, was it the best job? No, of course not. But is it something that we're going to be talking about for a long time to come? No, absolutely not. We'll forget about it by Wednesday. What we won't forget about though, by the way, is Kylie and Timothy, because that is literally, I'm sorry, I have to talk about it. Like that is definition of like, we will be talking about this for a while. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again, and I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowl & Brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company, first of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic on and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantees. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's BowlandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that we've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy, but Honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. 
made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. I first would like to set the scene by saying, as mentioned previously, we weren't watching the Globes live because we knew we were recording the podcast Monday night and made Isabel's birthday dinner on Sunday night. So it was the three of us and three of our other friends. And we were getting, of course, bits and pieces of the content, but we knew we were going to do a full rewatch of them on Monday. But then when that Kylie Timothy video came out, it turned into like the fucking lip reading war room. It was every single phone out, rewind, rewind. Because at that point, the professional lip readers hadn't weighed in. So it was really just the six of us, a 10 milligram edible each, really trying to figure out what the fuck they were saying and what an activity that was. The way that I felt about that video is like, obviously I want to sit there and analyze every single lip movement to try and figure out what they're saying. I want to hear what every single person on TikTok thinks they're saying, every single person on Twitter. I want to hear you know, the professional forensic lip readers that they bring in. I have to tell you, and I say this with 100,000% honesty, if I couldn't make out what they were saying, I would have felt the exact same about that video. Like I didn't need that component of decoding what they were saying to each other. Their interactions, the way they were looking at each other, her playing with his necklace, that little kiss, like that was plenty for me. That was everything for me. The ability to like decipher some of what they were saying and kind of pick up on a couple of I love you's, that was an added bonus for sure. But I was like in heaven with that not even being a factor. I wouldn't say I needed it, but I really fucking loved having it. Because you have to remember up until this point, we haven't seen them talking. We've seen photos of them. We've seen videos of them, but we haven't seen anything about their interactions. And so it felt like such a peek behind the curtain that I was just glued to it. And again, even if there were no lips moving, I was already in heaven, but then that added context, I was just like truly eating it up. It felt so personal. It's like how we were saying then making out of Beyonce felt personal because it was like all of our favorite things together. I felt that way about this video as well. And, you know, we see her playing with his necklace. She's admiring it, saying how much she likes it. And there's a moment where it does seem like they exchange I love yous and he says, I really care about you. You see them kiss. Going back to the conversation I referenced at the beginning of this episode of Julie and I getting into a fight with our friend via voice note, her whole point, her lead into the argument was the fact that she felt the kiss was so not the way you kiss if you're actually in love. To which we both separately responded, This was not Kylie's night. She was there fully in support of Timothy. He was nominated for best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy for Wonka. She was there as his date. They didn't walk the red carpet together. It wasn't about her. 
Do you know how off it would have been for them to sit there passionately kissing? Obviously, we would have fucking loved it. But like, you're not at Beyonce. You're not at the US Open. You're at the Golden Globes. And I think that type of a kiss, to me, that actually solidified it even more. Like the deep eye contact, the her playing with his necklace, like rubbing his chest like that. And then just being very obvious about the company that they were in and wanting to keep it respectful. To me, that was so much more representative of a couple who's actually together than a couple who's faking something. They were in his place of business. Like that, it was his territory. And I felt like she was acting the part of being there to accompany him. Like it felt totally appropriate to me. It felt totally real to me. I mean, I don't know. Like I watching their interactions, watching the way they were looking at each other, watching how playful they are with each other. Like to me, the kiss was like the the least of it. That's exactly how I felt because by the way, we've seen them kiss. That wasn't the thing that I was looking for. It was the gazing into each other's eyes. It was honestly, you know what really got me? The video, I think it was them either leaving or getting to their seats where she's in front of him. She stops because he's you know caught up in talking to people. She's very kind of patiently there. Again, recognizing it's his place of business. He then comes up right behind her. He puts his hand kind of like on her lower back, right on her ass. And she grabs his hand and they kind of walk off that. Oh, I could have watched that a million times over. Cause it was so just like they're in sync. Yes. Like, I don't know. I was just, I was obsessed. Like, I, I'm sorry. I just like, will never get over it. I, and what I was saying to our friend who was kind of like more skeptical of it, she was playing off a little bit of the, it's a PR relationship thing. The way that I felt about it was like, I, I, okay, I've had like my own coming, not to terms because I've always loved it, but my own like evolution with this relationship where I've said over and over again, it's not that I don't see them together. It's not that I don't think it's real. It's that like the idea of them even knowing each other is such an insane concept to me because it just feels like two completely different universes that like to watch them be a couple is like, what is going on here? I feel like there's a part of me that still feels that way, but mixed with an overwhelming amount of just like belief in this couple. Like, I don't know. I am so into them. I think they are 100% real. I think everyone who like throws out that PR relationship thing is just like too, like too much of a skeptic for my liking. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I just like, I I can't even catch my words because that's how overwhelmed I felt by seeing this, which was So funny considering this is hardly the first time that we've seen it. You know what really got me about it? And by the way, I'm not even giving life to the PR couple of it all. If that's your stance, I fundamentally disagree, but who needs to fight? That's your stance. Let it be your stance. It is just so deeply not mine. So I don't even want to really validate that with a conversation. But again, if that's yours, so be it. To me, what I can't get over and like how I would explain what I felt to be so mesmerizing about this to someone who does not give a shit was the level of calmness that they were both exuding. Like, yes, you could tell they were both happy to be there and happy to be there with one another, but it just felt like so easy and so calm and so natural and that they really are just on the same page. Like to me, that was a couple that is on the same wavelength and it it felt like a good energetic match. And that is what I was picking up on in a really positive way. I so agree. When do you think they make their red carpet debut? Is that an Oscars thing? Is it a Met Gala thing? Like, what are we looking at here? Well, so the Oscars are March 10th. The Met Gala is May 6th. Keep in mind, at this moment, Oscar nominations have not come out. So there's certainly a chance he is not nominated. Let's talk about this 
from the perspective of if he were to be nominated. Because obviously the Oscars are very much a him thing. And the Met Gala, it's a both of them thing, but if you're choosing, it's more of a her thing. Obviously they both attend every year individually, but I think if you're choosing between the two of them, you more closely associate Kylie with the Met. Assuming he is nominated, I think it is very, very possible that that is where they make their red carpet debut. I agree. My one thing though is that that first red carpet appearance is a very highly anticipated event. It almost is like how Kim and Pete did the White House Correspondents Dinner to get it out of the way and then did the Met Gala. So the Met Gala, even though it was this big moment for them, wasn't their first red carpet appearance together. And there's a part of me that feels like maybe they'll want to get it out of the way with something more low-key before the Oscars in the event that that does happen as to like not take away attention from the night and not take away attention from Timothy if he is nominated and not make it like this, you know, like not make it the story of the night for a night that is so special for like specifically him. Totally. But the counterpoint to that is that it would be the most typical. It makes it more special. Well, I just think that it's it's Kylie we're talking about. Like Kylie is as Leo as they fucking come. I think she would love nothing more. I don't mean in like a taking the attention away from him thing, but making it such a moment type of thing. And also Kylie has in her what Chris Humphreys, I know we're not a fan of his, but we somehow always reference this term when he said to Kim about Chloe, like Chloe rides for her man. Kylie like rides for her man in that way, meaning if he is nominated, assuming he's down, which I can't imagine he wouldn't be, I think she would love nothing more than to accompany him as his date that evening and also to make it such a moment. Like the hesitation that Pete and Kim maybe felt, I don't think Kylie would feel that same hesitation. Yeah. Although I guess why wouldn't they have done it for the Golden Globes? And I don't know. It's like, it's clearly something that we are very much leading up to and we'll be getting soon. Because the Golden Globes aren't the Oscars. I I don't know. I could be so dead wrong and they could end up doing it on a much more low-key carpet. I just think there's something about Kylie where like, if she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And listen, <laughs> secret third option, she goes to the Oscars and they don't walk the red carpet together. I just think if she's going to the Oscars as his date, they're going to have it be a moment. I can't wait to see. No, I cannot wait because there's been a real shift in me that went from initially just being so excited by it because like, holy shit, it's Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet and they're dating and wanting to see every paparazzi photo. Of course that still exists. But if I'm being honest, I am moving now into the territory of being emotionally invested. For example, I am not at this moment emotionally invested in Kendall and Bad Bunny. I think they're fun. I think they're hot. I love the content, but I don't feel that emotional investment. I feel emotionally invested in Kylie and Timothy. I can't explain it, but I'm like, wait, I think you guys are going to date for like a while. That's how I feel. Like, I don't see this ending anytime soon. Like, I I really, really don't. I don't either. I just feel like they are really in it. And I think, you know, another thing that I was picking up on in the video, aside from just the level of calmness that, as I said, I felt they both were exuding and like the safety they felt within one another. I know I'm making a lot of claims from like a very short video, but that was just the vibe that I got. It was also the fact that I think Kylie really appreciates being with someone who's like very well-respected in their craft. And, you know, it's not just like she's dating a rapper. She was dating Travis Scott, who like him or not, is one of the most famous rappers. Timothy is one of the most famous actors. And I think Kylie fucking loves that. Well, it kind of reminded me of when we heard sicko mode probably for the first time 
And there was the line that was baby mama cover Forbes got these other bitches shook. And it like took us back for a second because we were like, wow, for Kylie to be referenced in like the song of the year, like not just like a random song, like that song was top of the top when it came out. Travis Scott was top of the top while they were dating, while they were together. It it was just this moment of like, wow, like this is this to Kylie almost feels like everything that she would want. And so now to kind of see her with Timothy, who is not just well-respected, not just known for his craft, but like is kind of considered the top of the top is a constant conversation when it comes to award shows, when it comes to acting, when it comes to A-list celebrities, for her to be with somebody like that, to me, it feels very reminiscent of, of hearing that lyric in sicko mode for the first time where it's like, oh, this feels so right. To me, it feels very right. And I also think she is so down, even though, as I said, like she loves to make an entrance and she does. I think in this particular moment, she's so down and so proud to like be there as his plus one. Even everything was a stylistic choice in terms of what she was wearing, her hair, the lack of jewelry. She really was not trying to make it about her as as much as that's possible, given that she's Kylie Jenner at the Golden Globes with Timothy Chalamet. Like, All things considered, I do think that she was actively trying to be, I don't know if you want to call it a more muted version of herself, but just be very clear that like this was his moment and she recognizes that. So I completely agree. And I think that's exactly what she was doing. But I also think there is a side of Kylie, which exists at the exact same time as that side, which is she loves the idea of of these very famous men being known as Kylie Jenner's boyfriend. Like you are Kylie Jenner's man. And like, I, I'm sorry. I fucking love that for her because it's so true. I mean, talk about a win for feminism. Uh, Yeah. I want to also pivot obviously to probably the most viral moment of the night, which is the video of Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift, and Kelly Teller. Kelly was there as Taylor's plus one, I believe. They were sitting at the same table. Selena was not sitting at their table. And you see Selena come over to them, tell them something. You see Kelly say, Timothy, Selena nod, and they both kind of gasp. It was fucking amazing, just like the camaraderie on the internet in terms of trying to figure out what was being said there. The most prominent rumor, which we can get into an analysis of this in a second, but just to throw out some of the rumors, you can see Selena say, and this has been most speculated by the lip readers, obviously it's not 100%, but it seems like what she's saying is, he didn't want a picture with me, he said no. And that's when Kelly says, Timothy, and you see Selena saying, mm-hmm. And they all kind of are just doing what girls do best, just like absolutely loving gossiping with their friends. It was like a very real moment. However, the rumor that really started to circulate was that Selena was saying, I asked for a picture with him and Kylie said no. And when I tell you the internet took this and fucking ran with it, a source then via people said, she was absolutely not referencing anything about Timothy or Kylie. She never even saw or spoke to them. The issue with that piece of it is that 100% you saw Kelly say Timothy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about what she was saying there. And it definitely seemed like Selena was saying, I asked for a picture and he said no. There's so many questions. I mean, this this could be the entire episode itself. I truly do not feel this was about Kylie. I know there's an argument to be made for like, of course it was. Kylie probably did not want a picture with them because of the Haley Selena stuff. 
I cannot express enough how much I do not think that is the case and that I don't see a world where Kylie in a situation that she is, I'm not going to say a fish out of water, but like it's not her thing at all, comes in and says no, either for Selena to not take a picture with Timothy or for the three of them to not take a picture together. I mean, the whole thing, I can't envision it going down like that. I don't think Selena is coming up and asking Timothy in front of Kylie if she can take a picture with him. So already it's bizarre to me. And then second of all, there's just no way to me that that is what Kylie said. Either scenario does not make any sense to me. I guess the discrepancy in the lip reading is whether Selena said he said or she said. I I have to be so honest with you guys. I have watched that video a thousand times. I cannot make out one word that any of them are mouthing. Like to me, I'm like, how did you guys even like remotely figure this out? But apparently everyone's really confident in it. So I'm like, I'll just go with it. But to me, neither scenario makes sense at all. There is no scenario in which Selena went to ask Timothy to take a picture and Kylie said no. There's no scenario in which Selena asked both of them to take a picture and Kylie. I mean, I I guess it's possible that Kylie didn't want to take one. I could see her excusing herself out of the photo. I cannot see her stopping Timothy from taking a photo. And I can't see a scenario in which Timothy says no. So like, I don't know what's going on here and I don't know what the scenario is, but like none of them are logical to me. You know, of course, the other possibility is she saying it and it was the publicist who said no, or, you know, the she not, first of all, we don't know if it's she or he, but that the she would not be referring to Kylie. I know the people have a million theories on this. And if you're somebody who wants to believe that it was Kylie stepping in and saying, no, you are going to believe that till you are blue in the face because- If you're someone who thinks Kylie would do that, then this is the fucking best thing ever. Like, of course you're going to run with that. I just, I so can't, I think that would be the most bizarre thing. Like, I can't tell you how strange I think that would be. There's no, to me, there's just no shot. There's no way. Like, I, yeah, I just don't. I'm going to need Selena to like pretty much say what she said because there's just like no way that that's what happened. And I I need the air to be cleared a little bit. You know, like I need I need something. You know the thing? It's like, we're most likely not going to get that. However, if, if this we were to get from anybody. Yeah, <laughs> the way she's been with those comments recently, it's not so crazy. You never know. We could pop up in the comment section of a Selena Gomez Brazil fan account and she's given us the whole backstory of what went down. Because obviously we know Taylor's not engaging with this, specifically not engaging with it on social media. Kelly, I guess it's possible. I mean, she was the one that recently kind of called out Dumas for the speculation that that ring Taylor was wearing was from Travis and she clarified that it was from her, which some were calling kind of like a messy post. But between the three of them, I think Selena's our best shot. You don't know. It could be 2 a.m. She's scrolling Instagram. She sees something she doesn't like and we could wake up to a slew of comments, both professing love for Benny Blanco and also clarifying exactly what went down in that interaction. I am willing to bet that we will get some form of a comment from Selena, actually. And I don't think that she's going to clarify what she said. I think it'll just be a comment clarifying that she didn't say the photo thing, even if she did. Even if the photo thing is 100% true and that is what she said, I could still see her in a comment trying to like shut it down to get people to stop talking about it and then only creating more discussion about it. Right. I was just so obsessed with this because it was such a real, like unpolished, unfiltered moment of like those, yes, they happen to be three very famous women, but those could be 
any three women, like those, those were them. And they were also all of us. Like how many times have you said something in that exact same way to your friends? They had that exact same shocked reaction. Like you guys were processing it in real time together. You had to go over to their table because it it just couldn't wait. Like, I know the stakes here are so much higher because we're at the Golden Globes. We're talking with the most famous people about the most famous people, but like, it was just so goddamn relatable. And I actually didn't think it was like mean girl at all. I think, I think Selena was just coming over and like filling in her best friends on something that just went down. I think it's unfortunate that that was immediately the narrative that was ran, but like, I just don't think it's a Kylie thing. You know, what would be the biggest plot twist, which like, it's definitely not, but just imagine that it was Selena saying, I wanted a picture with him. And Benny said, no. (laughs) Yeah. No. Like imagine Benny, Benny Blanco and Timothy Chalamet have this secret beef and that was the reason. I'm looking at a tweet right now that's of the interaction of of Selena saying it to Taylor. And the tweet says, I actually murdered all of those people in that building. <laughs> that's funny. There's so many funny ones of like what could potentially have been said. I was obsessed with that. I will say that I was I'm not going to say as obsessed with that as I was with the Kylie and Timothy one, but like it was high up there for me because it was just so fucking real. It was the number two moment of the night. I just love women being women. Like I like, love, never never let the Golden Globes stop you from talking a little bit of shit. Ain't that the goddamn truth? Put that on our grave. <laughs> we are running out of space. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. 
Also, Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down very, very high. So visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I know you guys didn't think we were going to go through this podcast without talking about Jeremy Allen White's Calvin Klein campaign. I don't know if I'm ready to put it into words yet, actually. Okay. First of all, I am so excited to talk about this. I know there's nothing groundbreaking to say. It is literally a Calvin Klein campaign. I just feel like you and I have not discussed this enough for my own liking. So it feels very freeing to have the space here. And I would like to lead in by saying a thought I haven't said to you. Just context for you guys. One of me and Julie's best friends is gay. And he... Something we have picked up recently and has been a conversation with us and him is that like he is so only focused on a guy having a six pack to the point where he's wondering why he's not pleased with the dates that he's been going on. And we say to him, no shit, you're not liking the dates you're going on. You go on hinge with the sole focus being the guy having a six pack. So naturally when that is your biggest draw, you know, and you're not paying attention to anything else, you're not going to be into it. And what we've realized from discussing with him is that his type probably originated as like the male Hollister models that you would see when going to the mall and like, you know, being a 15 year old closeted boy, that's what he was dying for. And it kind of just stayed in that. And so it's like a joke among our friends with him that we always say, come on, open up your taste a little bit. It's it's so juvenile. Don't only focus on the six pack. And then here I am seeing this Jeremy Allen White photo show being like, oh, I get it. Yes, yes. But here's the difference, which is like the major key point. That's not the norm for us. And like specifically on dating apps, it's the opposite. Like if a guy posts a picture where he's like so ripped six pack abs, it like turns me off. I'm like, why are you like, pay? like why? Like that is so, it's such a turnoff for me. and just seeing the Jeremy Allen White photo shoot video, like that did something to me. I mean, and then add on for the fact for, forget about you and the height thing, me and like whatever cutoff height thing that I have with dating, like he's five, seven, that is unheard of for either of us. There are so many things about this that just do not fall under the general category of what I slash we would be into, yet somehow it is all I can think about. And you want to know what I feel like it is? One of the reasons that sometimes I don't like that look of like the super chiseled, super cut is because it it almost signals like pretty boy, I guess. And that to me is mm-hmm. very unappealing. And I don't know what it is, if it's the lit from shameless thing that really just stuck with me or just the way that he kind of conducts himself in interviews. But like, to me, Jeremy Allen White is so not a pretty boy that it, it's like that, I guess the, the street smarts kind of like this being not the norm for him is what I find so much more attractive about this because, it, okay, it's one thing to see the photos to be attracted by them, but then you're walking down Fifth Avenue, 8th Avenue, every single fucking avenue and every single changing digital billboard is him. And it's not just one shot. It's him biting the apple on the rooftop. It's him standing there in the black and white shot. Like, And I'm I'm noticing myself being so into him. And I think it's because like, I see that. And what I would typically think is like, oh, this is like a pretty boy who only is into his appearance. I'm like, no, it's actually this kind of like, 
laid back, street smart, weed smoking guy. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. The only way I can explain it is like, I have a very, very specific fantasy. It's non-sexual of Jeremy Allen White, like in in this one specific circumstance, (laughs) which is like, I'm going on a date with him and he takes me to this like kind of hole in the wall restaurant, but like is the best food you'll ever have in your life. And he like walks through the restaurant with you and he like calls everybody boss. And then there's like a bus boy and he asked the bus boy how like his daughter did on her spelling test. Like he knows everybody there. He has like, everybody's coming up to him. They're bringing all of these dishes out to like, you know, this is one that's off menu that we just had. The chef wanted you to have it. Like that is the experience I have in my mind of like what it would be like to be out with Jeremy Allen White. Like it is such a specific, like he walks into a restaurant and calls everybody boss thing. But like, I feel it so deeply in a way I can't explain to you. Like, it feels real to me. Wait, no, I feel it too. I see the vision. And actually, just I just want to clarify that we're thinking the same thing. To me, none of that comes from the fact that he's famous. It comes from the fact that he knows people in New York. Yeah, he's like, honestly, in the scenario, he's not famous. Right, that's what I'm, exactly, exactly. It's not about his fame. It's like, he just knows a guy. Yes. Like he just has, he has, I know a guy energy. Yes. I just, I don't know. Can I tell you I'm dead serious? I am far more into him than I am into Jacob Elordi. The weirdest fucking thing that's ever come out of my mouth, but in this current moment, saying yes. And it's like, that is not right for me, (laughs) but for some, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but it, I just is. I, you know, the, the, the photo of him, cause he's, it seems like dating Rosalia, which by the way, I love them as a couple, but there's that photo of them walking and his hand is like in a certain way. And someone tweeted and was like, he's not even smoking a cigarette. It's just out of muscle memory. Yep. Like that's exact. that is, that's the way that I envision him. You being more into Jeremy Allen White at five, seven than Jacob Lordy is like, you have betrayed your people. I want to be, make something very clear though. I know for a fact, this is not a longstanding thing. Like I know me probably three months from now will be like, wow, that bitch was fucking crazy that one night after the Golden Globes. Like wonder what I was smoking that night when we recorded. But in this moment, I feel it. I know it is not where my heart truly is. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know how it comes to me, but I, I, I don't know. He just, he just, it's exuding something that I'm so into right now. It's like, I want to use the word bad boy, but that isn't exactly right. But it's like at least the right genre. It's just like rugged. Yes, it's rugged. And the really interesting part about this is that obviously to a certain extent, like the reason we're feeling this attraction has to do even subconsciously with the fame because when people are this famous and this beloved, like they get built up in our minds. But when I think of let's say a Drake, for example, so much of the fantasy comes with the Birkin closet and comes with Air Drake and like all that. None of that is with Jeremy Allen White. I don't envision us on a private plane. I don't envision us in Turks. Like I literally envision him coming to my apartment in the city. You know, like it's such a more simple quote fantasy, if you even want to call it that. It's exactly what you said. Like walking through a restaurant, he's calling everyone boss. He knows the guy in the back. We walk out, there's a car waiting, or maybe he wants to walk because he just likes to do that. And then like he comes back and somehow he knows my doorman. He's never been here, but he just knows my doorman, daps up my doorman and walks upstairs. Yes. The doorman or like you go back to his. Oh, and you know, the doorman fucking loves him. That is like one of my favorite things in the entire world. Like when uh, Jeremy Allen White aside for a second, like 
when you go back with a guy and him and his doorman are just like boys, I'm like, yes. That's a good one to add to the list of like non-sexual turn-ons. Yeah, I agree. The way that I feel about Jeremy Allen White going back to that for a second is A, I just know that like wherever we were hooking up, we would smoke on the couch first. Then there would like Mm -hmm. be a lot of exposed brick around. What I think the reality of the Jeremy Allen White situation is, is that what would happen is if you and I were out in public and we saw him, I think that you would say, okay, I think he's so hot still, but seeing the height in person kind of ruined it for me. And I think that I would walk away being like, the height is like a non-factor for me. Like I'm equally as into him. It's what would happen. But that's just because you're 5'2 and I'm 5'5". And those three inches matter in this particular scenario. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they do matter. But I also think that like he is, you know what I like about him too? He doesn't hone in on the height thing. Like there are so many guys who are short that I feel like they have to compensate for it where they're like, I'm a short king. I'm a short king. Like, don't call attention to it. I probably like, I mean, like I'll notice, but like, you're really like putting a spotlight on, like he doesn't do that. He doesn't have that aura of trying to like compensate for being short, which is so attractive. There's like such a, such a confidence there, which like, I know you could say duh, because like, duh, like look at him like body wise in that campaign. Like, of course he's confident, but like he doesn't have to be like, there are factors that he would be like not confident by. No, I mean, that's the thing. I would not identify him as like classically handsome. No, but it just, it just, the whole thing just kind of works for him. I don't know. I, I, it's funny. I, I find myself a lot of times like not thirsting over the, the guys in the way the internet is at the moment, because like there's such specific things that I prioritize. And then with this one, I'm like, fuck it. Jesus, take the wheel. I am, I'm right there. Totally. Yeah. I also, sorry, just one last thing about this. <laughs> in addition to what you said about smoking on the couch first and there being a lot of exposed brick, what I really envision with him is not a night, I'm not talking like a night of crazy sex. It's like you come back again, whether it's your doorman or his doorman, he knows the doorman. You get home, you're hanging out, you're smoking, you're hooking up, you're smoking again. At some point, he probably slyly orders food and like you just open the door and there's, I don't think that he would do froyo but I could totally see him doing ice cream, which would also be amazing if you're like hooking up with him and smoking, like a little post hookup mint chocolate chip. I'm obviously not going to be mad at, but I specifically would like to mention the next morning because what I really envision is waking up to him like rolling a joint on the night table. Can't you literally see him rolling the joint, licking it, lighting it, and you're laying in bed and he just like hands it to you, not even, not even passes it to you, to your hand. He holds it up to your mouth and you smoke the joint, or he like does a shoddy, blows the smoke into your mouth. In the morning, you're overlooking the city, floor to ceiling windows, but I'm not talking a three bedroom, I'm talking a one bedroom. And you start the day with like amazing weed, amazing sex, and then a fucking amazing breakfast that maybe he cooks you. I think he cooks it and it's like a soft, I know. Soft scramble, soft soft scramble with Parmesan, with Parmesan. No, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Like we cannot do this. I just know someone else is going to listen to this and also see the vision. Like you guys no. I, I know. Yeah. People 100%. are envision that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then yeah. can I also say like, I feel like he would be, I feel like, okay, as discussed, you smoke, you have sex, you eat back and forth. You're probably spending, I would say definitely a couple of hours in bed in the morning. And then couldn't you so see like an hour later him having either Levon cookies or like an amazing cookie from Maman and being like, I know you'd want something sweet. Like, I just envisioned that. I feel like he just knows. 
I had a scenario in my head where like not the first time that you sleep over, but once you start to get like a little bit more comfortable there, it's like you wake up and maybe it's like eight or nine and he's already back from the gym. Like he, he woke up, went to the gym, snuck out before like you woke up, but then came back as you were waking up with breakfast. Like that's what I can see. Like mm. he picked up his dry cleaning. He picked up breakfast. Maybe he picked up something else. And like, he's coming back just as you're like waking up in the morning. I absolutely see that. And I also see a world in which you work out together. Like I totally could see going to Equinox with him. And and because by the way, in that scenario, I can envision working out with him a lot more easily than I could envision working out with Jacob Elordi. I don't know what that is, like if, but I just I could see that. I would never let Jacob Elordi see me at the gym. I would never let Jacob Elordi see me sweat. Well, that's also because you were in Barry's with Kaya Gerber and you watched that, which was a humbling experience. <laughs> Am I not going through enough right now? <laughs> Julie coming back from that class and I was like, are you okay? And she was like, I, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I keep a list on my phone of, of like I've, I've said before on the podcast of every celebrity that I've ever had a spotting of. And like, sometimes I'll put a little note so I can remember where I saw them or what was happening that day. And for the Kaya Gerber one, I have Kaya Gerber dash in berries, parentheses, zero out of 10, worst fucking experience of my life. Just to clarify, like <laughs> we didn't do anything. We didn't speak. She just like worked out and it was just like, I, I just, I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't recommend taking a workout class with a model. <laughs> that was, that was one of my favorite post, post Barry's debriefs. I was not yeah. in attendance for that one. Although Isabel is constantly in the same Pilates class as Will Arnett. Isabel ends up in the same class as Will Arnett so often that one time I was with her and she was like, I don't know if I want to do Pilates today. It's just like every day, Will Arnett. And she like <laughs> fucking loves Will Arnett. It's such a hilarious like side plot that has that has really become a thing. Anyway, I just had the time of my life. I don't know about you. Obviously, I did. <laughs> the amount that we hang out is so concerning. I don't feel like it is. It's like literally my favorite thing in the entire world. No, I'm obsessed with it. I would not change it for the world. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> well, thank God. We really do be liking each other. We really, really do. <laughs> okay, I think that is it for today. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. Thank you for being with us as we go down these crazy rabbit holes. It's just really fun to have people that care in the way that we do. And we are so grateful. We love you. We'll see you later this week. Thank you.